return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Stand up with me and say it with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You know, one thing about God is is there's so many things that he, you know, we can ask him and he's going to give it to us, amen. Um, The Bible says we ask according to his will and we we ask in faith, not doubting in our heart, we, we can receive it. Right? Not wavering or anything like that. He's going to give it to us. But the other thing is, there's so many things that he's already given us that we just need to accept. That we just need to receive into our life. You know, there's a difference between asking God for something and thanking God for something that we already have. Amen? So we just, we just took communion. Healing is something that Jesus paid for 2,000 years ago that we already have now. Right? And so we see people physically, maybe aren't feeling well or are sick, but that doesn't um, go against what Jesus did for us, right? Jesus healed us, amen, but maybe sometimes we're waiting for a manifestation of that healing to happen. So healing is something I hear all the time, Lord, heal me, Lord, heal me, heal them, heal us. But the thing is, is that it's something that he's already done that we need to just receive into our life. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pastor Dave uh, had a uh, an illustration a couple weeks ago where he brought me up and he um, he had me give him a pen and then he dropped it on the floor and then I picked it up and he said give me the, give me the pen and I, so I gave him the pen and he dropped it on the floor and I picked up and he said, give me the pen I gave him the pen and he dropped it on the floor and a lot of times sometimes sometimes as Christians we do that with God we we ask for something. Or, or there's something that we have, and we say, Lord, I just give me this. You know, the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives you all liberally, amen? So we ask for wisdom, and God says, okay, here you go. And then we drop the wisdom on the floor. For whatever reason, it could be just our, our fleshly, you know, our flesh, whatever it is, and then we say, Lord, give me wisdom. And then he gives us wisdom, and then we drop it on the floor, and then, Lord, give me wisdom, amen? But one thing that is really unique for for us and as we serve the Lord is that he will give us things that we need. We need to put them into practice though. We have a part to play, amen, in this relationship. Just like in the natural, how a one-sided relationship isn't good if one if one person's always giving 
to their spouse, giving, 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 and never receiving anything back. So they're giving love, they're giving, um, they're, they're giving time, they're giving their energy to the relationship to the other person, and the other person is just taking, 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 not giving anything back. We'd say that was a bad relationship, right? Sometimes in our Christian walk, we, um, we want to give, or we want to receive what God has for us, and it's like, Lord, give me this, or give me this, and it's not wrong. The Bible says that we should ask. And we'll receive. We should knock and the door is going to be open. We should seek him and we're going to find what we need in that time. But we also want to give. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So as he gives us things that we need in our life, as he gives us grace and he gives us strength and, and we receive the joy that he has for us, all he's looking for is he's looking for obedience. Amen. He wants us to be obedient to him. And I think something that's really important when we receive is he wants us to be thankful. Okay? So let's go to Philippians 4, 6. You know, just think in the natural, if, something, if somebody gives me something, the response that should come out of my mouth is, thank you. Right? If, I'm, if I receive a gift or I receive something from somebody and, and I don't say thankful, thank you, what is saying thank you? Uh, repre- or what, is, what do somebody else see? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mixing my words. When I say thank you, what is the other person seeing from me? Well, that I'm grateful, right? That I appreciate the gesture. It's a courtesy. I tell our kids all the time when they get somebody something from somebody, I first I wait. Are they going to say thank you? And if they don't say thank you, I say, what do you say? <laughs> thank you, right? Being thankful is so important, okay? Being thankful is something in our lives that is really going to um, determine the type of person you are. Okay, so maybe when you maybe you were younger and you didn't learn that. Maybe you had parents that they didn't teach being thankful. Well, now you need to you want to learn to be thankful in every area. Be thankful to others, but then also even and even more importantly, be thankful to God. So Philippians, Philippians four six. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So as we ask God for things in our life, so I'm always, if there's anything, say, we'll just say wisdom. I say, Lord, I just need wisdom in this situation. I always end my prayer by saying, Lord, I thank you. I receive it. Because, you know, something like that with wisdom, it's not going to take, it's not like you're, you're sending it in through, you know, UPS. And it's like, yeah, it'll be here in a couple days. No, when you ask, you'll receive it. Amen? When you ask something from the Lord, especially something like wisdom. Now, if something physical, yeah, there might be some things that it might take some time. But something like wisdom, right when we ask, we can receive the wisdom God gave us. Amen? Amen? Because we're always going to have opportunities to use good judgment in our life. Right? We're always going to have opportunities to grow in wisdom. And a lot of times, that's how we grow in those types of things. He might give us just a a gift of wisdom, but as we make decisions and as things come up in our life, we're going to have opportunities to use what God gave us and make wise decisions. I love Solomon. You know, when Solomon took over as the king and the Lord said, ask me anything, ask me anything that you want. And he said, Lord, give me wisdom to rule your people. And what did, what did God say? He said, 
you've asked a good thing, and because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you the riches. I'm going to give you the honor that you that you also want, right? So when we ask for wisdom, right then and there, God gave him the wisdom that he needed. Okay? In our own life, when we ask for something, God will give it to you. He'll give it to us. And then it's our job to grow in what he's given, right? So we, we, let, we let our request be known to God. And it says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I love this because we ask him with thanksgiving. And, you know, when God gives you an answer for whatever you need an answer for, have you ever felt a peace come over you? So maybe there's a, there's a, a decision that you need to make. And you can go either way. You know, sometimes they're easy. Like, this is a bad decision. This is a good decision. But sometimes you have two decisions that both look really good. Okay? And, uh, and, we, and you need to know what to do. Maybe it's a career path. Maybe you enjoy doing both. Okay? Whatever it is. And as you ask God to give you clarity on that decision, there's a, one way or the other, there will be a peace that comes in your heart. Okay? And that's why it's, we want to be thankful, because when we're thankful, then that's when the peace of God comes in. The peace of God comes in about that decision. It says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it'll guard your heart, and it'll guide, guard your mind through Christ Jesus. Right? So, you have a decision to make. You make the correct decision. You have a peace about it. The Holy Spirit gives you a peace to make a decision, and then... You come, you go through life with another decision. Then there's another decision. What happens? That peace that was in your heart the first time continues to guard your heart, guard your mind, so that you can think the next time, wait, if I pray about this with Thanksgiving, maybe I can have, I'll have that same peace about this decision I need to make. You know, for us, uh, I give this example, I've given this example a lot, but uh, it was a house. Angela and I really wanted a house. And, and we had looked at some, and, and they just weren't very good. I mean, you know, they're fine, but not for a family of six. Uh, and, but, you know, as a Christian, I was like, well, i got to be positive. Oh, yeah, this looks great. It doesn't matter if the basement's a hole in the ground or not. Um, did you see that huge spider down there? Yeah. And I'm trying to, like, like, we really wanted a house. And so I'm trying to look at the bright side, and I'm trying to say, you know, God's going to bless it, right? So we use all these kind of catchphrases to justify what we want sometimes. So it's like, oh, God will bless it anyways. And, you know, but I didn't have this peace. And, and this was, I don't know, six years ago, five years ago, something like that. And so all these houses we went through, and it was just like, it was like, Lord, none of these, like, everything in our price range isn't what we need. We need, we need something different. And I remember I was pushing so hard, I was stressed out. I had met with, um, with Janine and uh, was going to sign some, some papers just as far as, you know, really to start the process of, of really getting serious about finding something. And I just, I was so anxious in my spirit. And, and the Lord told me, and I remember it really, really clear, we were actually at a house, and the Lord said to me, um, why are you settling for your Ishmael when I promised you Isaac? And I thought, wow. Sometimes we, you know, this isn't really part of this, but sometimes we, we want something so bad and we, and we think it's right, 
but it's less than what God has for you. Right? It's less than what God has for us. So when he guards our heart and our mind with this peace, then we can make a decision. And it wasn't, I don't know, four months later, we actually... And so the other, other part of the story is, so I was meeting with, peop, with like um, the, the mortgage lender after hours, and I was taking off work to go see places, and, I was, and it was just a mess. And so I told myself, I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do things according to what my schedule allows. And it was like a weight just lifted off. And it wasn't four months later where there was a house that came up and, and it was like, okay, we need to see this house is going to come off the market quickly because it's a really good buy. And I'm like, okay, when I have time, I'll go, I'll go see it. So, again, being patient, waited till I had some time to go do it and, and, uh, and Janine had some time to show me. And it's like, oh yeah, this is really nice. And this is in our price range. Okay. All right, so what's the next steps? Okay, well, we need to put an offer in, or we need, you know, we need to um, go to the next step. Like, all right, but I'm not going to rush myself. I'm not going to take off work. I'm not going to do any of these things. I'm going to wait for the timing that works for me. And just step by step, I had this peace. I had this peace about what God wanted. Even to the point where we had an offer, and, um, and they had a counter offer. And, and people were saying, oh, you should take it, you should take it. And again, I didn't have this peace in my spirit. I said, no, I don't, I don't think I should. And so we countered them, and people were saying, no, they're going to reject it, they're going to reject it, right? But we countered them, and they took our offer. Amen. And so when we have this peace of God, when we seek God first about our decisions, he's going to give you a peace. I mean, I, I love, again, too, when, when David was fighting the Philistines in the Valley of Rephaim, and the first battle, he goes and he says, Lord, are you going to deliver them to our, into our hands? And he said, yes, go up against them, and de- I'm going to deliver them. And so they fight, and the, the Israelites win. And in the very next verse, they're in the same valley, the same, the same enemy, and David, again, smartly inquires of the Lord, Lord, should I go up uh, against them before, as I did, and you'll deliver me. And the Lord said, no. He said, this time I want you to lay in wait. It's going to be an ambush this time. Important that David inquired of the Lord. Why? Because the enemy has strategies too. And we're not the only ones that have strategies in our life. The enemy also has strategies. You know, there's, you know the devil can only be one place at a time. But, but I do believe, I mean, there are, the Bible talks about fallen angels. A third of the angels fell with Satan. There are, um, just like the Lord has angels that help minister to us, Satan has demons that want to bring us down, want to, want to oppress us, want to do things like that. So he has a strategy. When we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what should I do in this situation? He's going to give you what you need for that time. Okay? He's going to give you what you need in that moment of you know, whatever circumstance that you're going through. So when we request something from God, we give him this, we give him thanks because we want this peace to come. That's not the only reason we give him thanks. We give him thanks because we are very thankful. But when we do that, peace will come into your heart. And we want to ask according to his will. When we thank God before we receive it, peace comes because we know that God is faithful. And I think that's such an important thing is that when we ask anything of God, he is a faithful God. Amen. He is a faithful God. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. If we're in the word, we're in prayer. 
and we ask things according to his will. If you ask something from God and you don't have a peace about it, don't do it. Again, I, I, the devil, he, want, you know, he wants to speed us up. The enemy wants to kind of speed us up sometimes. Just like with the house situation, we're, we're being sped up. He might want, to, want you to speed up a decision. He might want you to speed up a request. Another story is, is um, just as far as being in ministry. I, I felt called to ministry in 2008. And, uh, you know, from right there, I just wanted to go... I wanted to go straight into ministry. I was just that was what I wanted to do. My my dad went to Rama Bible Training Center. My my grandpa went to Rama Bible Training Training Center, and I said that's where I'm going to go. I, did I consult God? No. All I knew was that He wanted me in ministry, and and I was going to do what I could do to do it to to get it done. And so, you know, just through some circumstances, I couldn't go to Rama anyways. And the Lord just told me, just be patient. My, you see, my grandpa didn't actually get into ministry until his like mid 40s. And so God just kept telling me, hey, you have, you, have, you have time. You have time to do this. Yes, I've called you to do it, but do it on my timing, not on yours, right? So again, being patient, being patient. And that's what we want to do. If we don't have peace about it, it might not be his will for you to do it. It's probably not his will for you to do it, because he gives us peace, amen? Maybe it's a certain car that you want financing for. You're asking God, but you don't have peace about it in your spirit. So much, you know, just as I've read and as I've gotten revelation of, of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, I've really understood, started to understand and realize that I can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Amen. That I shouldn't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I, sometimes I even, I prepare for a message and I think, you know, in my mind I think, Lord, but this is all just pointing back to the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm different topics, but it's point. And he's like, yeah, that's the point. Because everything that we say, it needs to point back to the Holy Spirit, to the word, too. Right. Yeah. Reading the word. I'm like, Lord, but I already I've already talked about. It. No, talk about reading the word again. <laughs> talk about letting the Holy Spirit minister to you again, because that's what he wants in our Christian life. If I'm here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Well, we need to know that the Holy Spirit on the inside of us knows everything. He's working in your life, and he wants good things for you. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's kind of the foundation of, of everything that, that God has for us, the fullness of God. I think a lot of times a good prayer is, Lord, is this the right direction or is this the right option? Right? You know, that might, maybe that's your prayer. Lord, Lord, is this the right decision? Thank you for the answer. Right? He's going to direct you where you need to go. He's not going to lead us into a ditch, but he's going, to, he's going to lead us into his good and perfect will. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we renew our mind through the word, we're saying, Lord, I want what you have for me. Right? When, we're, when we're renewing our mind and we're reading the scriptures and we're in prayer, we're saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done for my life. I want what you have for me, not what I want for me. Because remember, this life, the Bible says this life is a vapor. Right? And so when you think about our life compared to eternity, what's more important? Well, eternity. Where, are we going to get to heaven when, and Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant? That's what I want. Right? So if we do the things on earth, 
that God wants us to do now, and we witness and we focus on the things that He wants us to focus on, then when we get to that age, when we or that that uh, point in our life, when we pass from this life into the next, we're going to hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant." That's what we want. This life is so it's temporary. He wants us to have fun in this life. He wants us to have good things in this life, in in relationship with our kids and everything, as well. But it needs to be founded on the Word. It needs to be founded on Him. Amen. And I love it says that that even just presenting our bodies to Him, it's our reasonable service. It's reasonable. I mean, think of uh, you know if you're going to going to go buy something and. Oh, that's a reasonable price. What does that mean? Well, you should probably get it, right? Well, you know, I'm not going to say that. I can't say you should probably get it. Don't go to consignment stores and say, well, Pastor Randon said I really need to get this, uh, whatever it is. What does a reasonable price mean? It means that I can, yeah, I can afford it. It's, it's pretty good. I need it. I'm going to get it. So our reasonable service is just presenting our bodies, presenting our bodies to him, letting him use our bodies to do what he wants to do. Amen. Letting him, letting us, or having us be a mouthpiece for him. Being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Amen. Being that, the Bible says, talking about being ambassadors for Christ. Amen. And what does an ambassador do? An ambassador goes on the word of, of the leader that he's, he's, of the country he's a part of, right? So he's not going to say, talk about his own opinions, but he's going to say, well, no, this is what, this is what our leader wants, wants me to say. So as ambassadors of Jesus, we're doing the same thing. We're going with his word in our mouth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It should never be a disappointment what God's called you to do. We can be thankful in all things, knowing he gives us the grace to do it. And like I said last time, he gives us all the tools to be successful. So, again, when I, when I, even before, before I got called to the ministry, I had no, I had no desire to be in ministry. I seriously had no desire. My dad... I had seen all the things that he did in ministry, and I said, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, that just wasn't what I, I thought I was called to do. And, uh, you know, if you would have asked me in 2007, um, you know, if I would enjoy it, I'd say, no, I don't think I would. But I tell you what, when God calls you to do something and you obey him, he's going to put in your spirit that joy. Amen. He's, or he's going to grow it in you, that joy that peace about it. And I love, you know, and now I've told people it's like, you know, one of those round pegs in a round hole. I just love it. I love, um, I love ministry. I love being able to hear from the Lord. And, and part of my job is to just study the word and to just see what God has for his people. Amen. But uh, 15 years ago, that wasn't me. But what happens? He called me to do it. I was obedient and he's gonna, he's, you're going to enjoy what he's called you to do. Not that it's going to be easy, but you're going to enjoy it because he's called you to do it. Amen? We're going to have a good heart, a right heart towards what he's called us. And he's given us the tools. Go to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. And I read this last time I spoke. This is Paul speaking. He said, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan above me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart from me. And I, and I said last time, I said, well, you know, people are probably thinking, well, it's Paul. You have to grant Paul's request, right? Because Paul was just like, you know, iconic and, you know, he wrote most of the New Testament. And uh, it's Paul. Why aren't, God, why aren't you granting Paul what he wants, right? Let's go to verse 9. 
And he said to me, my grace is... So he didn't say, oh yeah, sure, Paul, I'll take care of it. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, So Jesus was saying to Paul, Paul, I've given you the grace to deal with this. I've given you my strength. Not just any strength. I've given you my strength to deal with this. And then Paul, and then he says, and then Paul says, um, I'm going to rather boast of my infirmities that the power. So Christ is saying, I gave you my power. Amen. And so sometimes he gives us, he, whenever we have something that going, going on in our life, he gives us those tools. He right. gives us what we need. Rather than saying, Lord, take this away, I want to say, Lord, Lord, help me at least find the tools <laughs> that you've given me so I can, I can do what I need to do in this situation. Okay? Whatever Paul was dealing with, he realized that God had given him the grace, strength, and power. You might be in a dark place right now, but you want to know that God has given you every tool that you need. Every tool that you need. Amen? Well, that's why I want to be in the Word, so we can find out, we can get those things in our spirit, like, oh, wow, I, need th- I needed that for this time. I needed that word. I needed that scripture. It's our job to search the scriptures to find what we need, though. It's not, like Pastor Dave says, it's not going to come through osmosis. We're not going to put it under our pillow, and it's going to just sink into our mind. No. We need to be in it. We need to be active in the word. Hebrews, 14, 15, or Hebrews 4, 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He knows that we may not just have the answer right when the problem comes, right? So when the problem comes in our mind, we might not think like, oh yeah, I know what to do, right? But as we search the scriptures, as we ask him, he's going to reveal things to us about our situation. He's going to reveal the answer to us. Sometimes something happens and I don't feel very spiritual. I don't feel like I have the answer sometimes. But when I go to the scripture and I seek the Lord and I approach his throne of grace, he never says to me, I don't know why you're coming to me. You should already know that. I've never had that answer from God. Now, maybe after the fact, he said, you know, he'll, he'll say, yeah, you get in the word a little bit more, whatever, whatever he wants, you know, whatever he says to me. But he's never going to say, well, I'm not going to give you that. You should already know it. No, he meets us where we're at. Right. Amen. He meets us where we're at in our life. And I love that we have Jesus and it says that he can sympathize with us. He knows what's going on in our life. It says he was in all points tempted as we are and he didn't sin. He overcame. Amen. The Bible says that, that he has overcome the world. We have the overcomer living on the inside of us. And because he's done it, we've done it. Right? So he overcame all of the temptations that we face. And that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Don't, we, don't wanna, we don't want to um, misinterpret boldness with arrogance. Sometimes people think, well, I don't want to be arrogant, so I'm not going to ask God for this or that. I'm just going to be humble about it. No, the Bible says we want to come boldly. You can be humble and bold at the same time. Amen. Right? So we come boldly to the throne of grace. Okay. Remember, again, it's not the throne of judgment. 
He's not going to, again, say, um, well, you should already know that. I'm not going to help you. No, he gives us grace. It's this throne of grace that we go to. Now, now there is a, a throne of judgment, right? The Bible talks about the judgment coming that's going to come. But right now, there's this throne of grace that he sits on that we can come to. And it says that we can come to it and that we will obtain mercy. And it says we're going to find grace to help in time of any need. Any need that you have, we have this is grace. Sometimes I think about, you know, people in other countries that are going through so difficult times and, and all that they face, just persecution, and I think, wow, you know, obviously God gives grace because you really need a grace to be able to go through those things. And I think about things in my life, hardships or, or different things like that, and I think, wow, well, if God gives grace for that situation, then I know he's going to give grace for my situation, right? He's not a respecter of persons. However much we need or however little we need, he's there for us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he, he doesn't say, I don't know why you're coming to me. Should I know that? He says, I've been through that and I want to help you. He says, I want to meet you where you're at. In the Old Testament, um, Jehovah Sidkenu, I think it is, maybe, is the God, is the God of uh, his presence. Is the Lord our present? Is present? And I always like to say it, he's the God of there. Wherever you are, there he is. Okay? Wherever you are in your life, he's right there too. <laughs> right? As we mature spiritually, answers to problems that we have are going to bubble up out of our spirit more often. So you might be going through something and you don't have the answer right now, but as you mature and as you read the word, you're going to go through maybe the same type of problem later on in your life, and the Holy Spirit's going to actually start, you know, you're going to have the, the, the ears to hear the Holy Spirit working inside you, giving you those answers. Amen. Just like Elijah, when, the Holy, when, the, when, when God was in the still, small voice, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us in this still, small voice. He's, going to, he's not going to yell at us, but he's going to, we want to be in tune with him and have this relationship with him that we can say, oh Lord, yep, I hear you. This, this, this is happening in my life right now. I know what to do because the Holy Spirit just revealed it, right? We're still reading the Word, we're still praying, but you're going to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit to know what to do. Whenever we receive an answer, we always want to thank Him again, right? Even if we're searching, as we're searching for the answers and spending time with Him, we're constantly thanking Him for the answer. Well, I don't know what to do right now, but I just I thank you that you have the answer for me. I thank you that it's here somewhere. I know that, that it's here and you're going to direct me to the, to the verse. I'm so thankful for that, Lord. I'm so grateful. We want to be in a place where we can see an attack from the enemy as it's unfolding. I don't know if anybody has had that before, where um, you, you're, maybe you're going through something or something's about to happen and, and right away you think, oh, that's the devil. I've been on both sides where there's been times where I've thought, no, I'm not going to receive that, that's the devil, and I proactively... Uh, take authority over the situation, and then there's been times where something comes, and it's like I completely forget. I completely forget uh, who it's from, and so I go through it for a little bit, and then I'm like, oh wait, as I'm reading the scriptures, oh wait, yeah, I don't have to receive that. Amen. I don't have to take that. Amen? But as again, as we continue to mature, there's going to be more of those times where you think, oh, oh yeah, I know what the Bible says about that situation in my life. 
if we get a cold, we want to get to a point that we realize right away that, well, this is not from God, and God's already healed me. And we can exercise our faith in the word that, now I'm, I'm healed, and I thank God for the manifestation of that healing in my body right now. We can accept bad things in our life as part of life, or we can understand our power and authority through the scriptures. The disciples, you know, I think about um, when, when uh, they're going to cross over to the other side of the, of the um, sea, and, and, um, and the storm and the wind and everything came up, and they were already ready to accept their fate. Their boat was about to sink in the storm, and they weren't going to put up a, a spiritual fight. So let's go to Mark 4.35. A couple more scriptures here. <clears throat> so it says, On the same day when evening has come, had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boats as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Uh, 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So they were already, they were willing to accept, ah, we're going to die. They were, they were just willing to accept it. They just figured they should wake up Jesus and tell him so that he would know. Do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Again, this is an actual event that happened, okay? Uh, I want to, you know, I've, I've, I've been talking about this a lot, but sometimes it's easy to think, oh, this is a story in the Bible, and not really think about, wow, this actually happened. This actually happened. And he said, be, peace be still. And then in, in, right when he said it, the wind calmed. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said, how is it that you have no faith? And I think it's interesting um, so this, this happens in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And there's slight differences in these accounts of what Jesus said. In Matthew 8.26, he says, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Mark 4.40 says, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And in Luke 8.25, he says, Where is your faith? Okay? So he says, he says, One, you have little faith. Two, you have no faith. And three, where is your faith? I would guess that the disciples were a little distressed under the circumstances and were trying to think about what Jesus was actually saying to them. But the thing remains is that they weren't even thinking about the faith that they, faith that they had. Levi said uh, on Wednesday, <clears throat> he talked about how God has given each of us a measure of faith. Amen. So sometimes it feels like, well, I have, I have no faith. I would have no faith to do this, right? Sometimes we think, I would have no, I don't have the faith to... Uh, calm a storm. Or I don't have a faith to um, speak to those cancer cells. Or I, don't have a, I don't have the faith even to speak to this cold. But the Bible says that he's given to each one of us a measure of faith. <clears throat> and my question would be this, does God give more faith to some people and less faith to some people? I would say no, because he's not a respecter of persons, right? So he gives to us each a measure of faith and then the Bible says how we get more faith or how our faith grows is how? By hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. Amen. And you know, people like to just, just kind of go through it. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Well, no, that's not what it says. It says faith comes by hearing. So first, our, our spiritual ears need to be open, right? 
Well, how does our spiritual ears get open? By the word of God. Amen. So there is a two-part thing as faith grows. First, we have to know that we need to hear it. And the second thing is we have to know that the hearing comes to the word of God. The more time we spend listening to Jesus, the more our faith is going to grow. So faith is one of those things that we don't necessarily want to ask for more faith because Jesus, or because the Bible clearly says, this is how you get more faith, right? Read the word, right? So if I'm asking God, Lord, I just need more faith for this. I need more faith. Give me more faith. I'm, I'm doing what Paul was doing, right? When he was asking the Lord to, to get rid of the messenger of Satan. I'm doing what Paul is doing. And Jesus, and, God, and Jesus says, I already gave you what you need. I gave it to you. I gave you the strength. I gave you um, the, the grace to handle this. So when we ask for more faith, God's saying to us, I've given you the word. I've given you the scriptures. And just hear it. Read it. Listen to it. Study it. And your faith is going to grow. I can't give you more faith. I've given you a measure of faith. Now it's our job to grow our faith through the reading of the word. Sometimes I feel like people have kind of a hard time wrapping their mind around the word faith. Because it seems like this really big thing, right? Like, Because what's the verse that probably comes to most of us? Well, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what it says, it's going to be done, right? And so we think that faith is this, like, this huge, like, wow, mountain-moving faith, you know. But really faith, another word for faith is just trust. Do we trust God? Do we have faith in God? Do we have trust in God? Do, you know, if, if, uh, I don't remember when Audrey Mack was here, she did a trust fall, and I had to catch her, like, this is like three years ago. Okay, so if, if Jesus is behind me and I have to do a trust fall back, do I, have, do I trust that he's going to catch me? Yeah, I do. Right? So faith is really just trust. Can we, can we, can we do that? Is that okay? To, you know, it's, there's different aspects of both words, but, but when we have faith in God, we're really saying, Lord, I'm just putting my trust in you. What you said, I believe it. So if you said that, I can, that I'm healed then I just trust you. I trust you at your word. I don't know, for me, that, that makes it, that brings it down to a level a little bit more that I can take smaller bites out of that word. I can take smaller bites out of, okay, Lord, you said this. I'm just going to trust you. That's what he's called us to do. Have faith in him. Trust in him. Amen? That's right. Trust in God's word that we're healed. Trust in God's word that he's going to meet our needs regardless of what, of what we see. We don't want to make faith seem like a big leap, but in reality, we're just saying, God, I trust you. Okay? God, I trust you. I trust that your word's true about what I have, and I trust that I can request from you, and you're going to give it to me. That's right. And what we know, and we want to know what we already have that is up to us to use it, and what we need to... Re- I'm going to start that again. We want to know what we already have that is up to us to use and what we need to request from God. So what I'm saying is, we want to know that, okay, we already have faith, okay? And that's up to me to grow, right? And then there's things that, yes, I do need to request from God. The Bible says, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask. Okay, that's something I can request from God, wisdom. I need wisdom for this situation. Healing, we already have it. The fruits of the Spirit, we have the fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of us, that means the fruits are on the inside of us. Pastor Dave always says, a gift is received, fruit is grown, right? 
So we, we, the salvation, if you don't know Jesus, then you don't have salvation. But when we receive it as the free gift, now we have salvation. And what comes with salvation? Well, the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. So we have these fruit. Again, wisdom is something that we can request. But something like patience is the fruit the Spirit has already given us on the inside. And I'm sure a lot, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, dare I say, all of us have asked for patience before in, any, in, some, in some situation. Well, yeah, we can do that. But if we know that we have the fruits of the Spirit on the inside of us, and patience is the fruit of the Spirit, then, okay, what does the Bible say about patience? How can I grow my patience? Okay. Right? Or fear. Okay. If we have um, um, fear or anxiety in life. Well, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Okay. How can I, let's see, how can I combat fear in my life? Right? As I pray, Lord, Lord, I know what your word says. Just help me. Help me wrap my mind around it. Help me get a revelation of this, of this um, power and this love and a sound mind that you've given me already. Amen. When we, how does fruit grow? When we consistently give it the nutrients that it needs, right? That's how fruit's going to grow. When you water it consistently, when it gets the sunlight that it needs. So we have this part to play, okay? Um, you know, again, when we request something from God, we want to be thankful. But we also want to understand, do I already have it? Is this something that God's already given me? that I just need to grow in my life. Amen? And when we can decipher those things, and, and again, it, it just comes to, through reading the Word. It comes through, through fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Any good relationship, there's communication. So as we communicate with the Holy Spirit, He's going to tell us things. The Bible says that our spirit searches the deep things of God. Amen. So as we fellowship, He's going to tell us things that we're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I hadn't seen that before. Amen? And he's going to help you. He's going to help you and guide you into, okay, yes, request this. <laughs> or he's going to say, no, you already have this. Get in the scripture and grow it. Amen? amen. All right, amen. Praise you, Lord. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you uh, that you've given us so much. That you've blessed with every spiritual and earthly blessing, Lord. We're so thankful for you. But I just pray that you just bless everybody here today. Um, whatever they need, Lord. Um, Lord, if, if, if they need to be healed in their body, Lord, I thank you for giving, a, giving them a revelation of the healing they already have. Lord, if they need financial, um, if they need financial uh, resources, Lord, I thank you that you just help them, give them a revelation that you've already provided what they need. That you give to us according to your riches and glory, Lord. We just give you praise. I thank you for uh, just giving us opportunities. Lord, for every one of us to have opportunities to witness to somebody today. This week, Lord, to have an impact spiritually on somebody's life. Lord, I just, uh, again, pray a blessing that everything that they do is blessed and prospers, Lord. I pray for relationships um, getting better, Lord. I pray for um, family relationships, Lord, of, of, you know, maybe kids that are lost or parents that are lost, Lord, that those relationships will be mended, Lord, to come back and to come and just, again, just, just know more about you. To get more in line with your word, Lord, I just we just we're so thankful. We're thankful for the time that we're here, or that we're we're here for such a time as this, and we don't take it for granted. 
We don't take for granted the awesome responsibility that we have to minister your word, Lord. And just speak to all of us as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap out for him this morning. Amen. Amen. He's doing a good thing. He's doing a good thing. Coming out tonight, Peter Shore. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.